What's up everybody, Clint Esposito here with the Two Wheels to Freedom show number 116 with a very good friend of mine, uh, Red Bull X-Fighters competitor, X-Games competitor, former FMX world champion, Javier Um, yeah, by, uh, go to twowheelsoffreedom.com and get tickets to the Two Wheels of Freedom Fest, April 19th and 20th. Are you going to be there, Javier? Yeah, of course. <laughs> no. Can't afford it, dude. I can barely afford my groceries nowadays. I know, and it's in South Carolina, so. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I, with the prices of gas here in California, I will make it there. Hey everybody, I'm interrupting this podcast to tell you something very important. April 19th and 20th, Two Wheels to Freedom Fest is going to be at Cedar Grove MX Park in Winsboro, South Carolina. We're going to have dirt drags for the Harleys and the dirt bikes. We're going to have pit bike races. We're going to have camping for with a 21 and up area. We're going to have a bar. We're going to have amateur freestyle motocross contest. I'm going to jump the Harley. That's April 19th and 20th, Winsboro, South Carolina. Go to twowheelstofreedom.com for the link to tickets. Hope to see you there. Yeah, and the prizes are not very good, so you're going to be in trouble trying to get home with a plaque, first place plaque. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what's up, Javier? How are you? I'm pretty good, dude. I just did this whole mess up before we started that people don't know because they didn't see it. Uh, my whole backyard was flying away with this little storm, so I have to rearrange some umbrellas and stuff like that before they kill someone in the neighborhood. Are you guys are having a windstorm out there? Uh, rain and windstorm, the things that don't happen in California often, but when they happen, they're, they they go all out. I figured you would be loading your bike up to head to the hills right now. Uh, after the rain passes, maybe tomorrow. No, I don't do that anymore because... Uh, None of my bikes are registered here in California, so I don't want to get my bikes impounded. And right after the rain, the cops are on the hunt for riders to go to the hills. So I try to avoid it. Do you know, I I don't remember who it is. You might know. There is an ex, I think it's uh, um, Ty, damn it, I can't think of his name. Um, Ty Davis. Is he a California... Like ranger motorcycle ranger guy. I don't know if he still is, but uh, I know he was. He's I mean, he was for a bunch of years, and like he was unbeatable on the hills. With legend says, like How every time someone get tries away? to run away from him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he was like trail trials and uh, what's that like uh, outdoor champion. Like yeah, every time you got to get away from him and get like, oh, I know this way out. You find him. Uh, like waiting for you some other hills so like he knew that our hills like the back of his hand and that's what legend says and i don't want to go through that at all (laughs) and he also raced supercross he raced supercross then he went off-road and then he became a friggin headhunter for motocross guys in the hills (laughs) (laughs) what a traitor dude (laughs) that's what i thought i was like how are you gonna go directly to the other side like that 
Yeah, I mean, I would, I would like nowadays. I would sell out like that too. Like if there's money there, I'll hunt all of those motherfuckers down. No one's riding in my hills. I know where Vinny Carbone lives. I'll go pick him up and arrest him for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, get him for all the damage he did to those hills. Yeah, I'll, I'll sell out so quick. Dude. Nowadays, I'll sell out to anything. Uh, so I see a lot of um, action village stuff going on there uh nowadays how is that coming i know i remember let's start with this i remember years and years ago when you're when javier you only had javier and he was real little and we were talking about um him riding and you were like ah dude i don't think i want my kids to ride and now the dude's better than i am <laughs> well yeah yeah i know i remember those days i tried to keep dirt bikes away from them as long as i could but i mean it's impossible it's, it's my job they would go with me to practices to the shows everywhere all the time it gets into them but i, I was like trying to like i never forced them i never tried to tell hey you want to get a dirt bike or anything i just let them have the first word on it they, they were like hey i want to start riding so i got them a dirt bike they didn't like it we parked that bike for three years and i was happy with it they were then, bicycle uh, kids yeah they were bicycle kids for a little bit but like this is before they even started doing tricks on bicycles like i'm talking like his first dirt bike Javi's first dirt bike was uh when he was like four years old he rode it once uh he crashed he didn't like it he we hanged that bike for about three years we moved to California and he started hanging out with a bunch of kids that rode dirt bikes. So he wanted to join. And uh, he started riding the bike again and he got really into it. Benjamin came into the picture. He saw the fun the kids were having. So he went on a dirt bike too. We did the race racing thing for a little bit. Uh, it got pretty expensive and they weren't having fun. Like if you don't, hey. in California, if you don't have like, what is your dog barking? Yeah. Go we take care of that. I'm getting rid of this uh, screen behind me because oh, it keeps flickering. Oh, we're not going to have any funny backgrounds going on? <laughs> I don't. Mine's like just black. Space. Mine's just black. Yeah. But it keeps yeah. flickering because of uh, the um, thing that makes it like green screen like that. So I'm just like, uh, it's annoying. So I'm just going to get rid of it. Uh, I thought we were going to be on space or something like that. What we <sighs> You're just in your house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not yeah, nothing green screen by, behind me. So, well, going back to that, uh, Benjamin started getting into it. And oh, wait, we're under racing. They race for a little bit. But here in California, if you don't have the money to race, to have like two, three bikes on top of the line, you know, top shape, best bikes, you barely stand the chance. So they got over it. Uh, they decided to stop riding. And I was really happy with it. Like, I was okay with that. And uh, Javi kept on riding every now and then, doing some free riding with his friends. And about uh, a little bit over a year ago, uh, he wanted to try ramps. So we went to McNeil's farm. He hit like a 35-footer there. And then out of the blue, without telling me, he hit 75. Like, he's always been hit. Instead of, he gets the crap out of it. Oh wow! Like, <laughs> like a double duck the landing up. Nice. But uh, he rode out. He kept on jumping, and then uh, because it's really hard to get a hard uh, get a hold of McNeil to ride, uh, we would go every like couple months be, uh, before he would ride again, and he was like that for about a year. But he would hit seventy five like nothing every time. 
Like he knew exactly what he was. And doing. how old is he at this point? Sixteen or something? Seventeen? Uh, about yeah, about sixteen, sixteen, seventeen. Uh, Benjamin has nothing to do with dirt bikes at this time. He's like, nah, I'm over it. I'm just BMX and scooters. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's way cheaper and safer, yeah. I guess. And uh, then I bought myself uh, about a year ago uh, an airbag lander. But uh, I didn't get it because, you know, customs and all that thing. I didn't get it until like uh, August this year. And mm -hmm. we set it up at a friend's house. And this kid has, started, has never hit an FMX round before, has no idea about airbags. He's, uh, with all the respect, all his riding skills are very limited because he just rides around on the bank next to his house, small jumps, not, nothing that requires a lot of like technique going on. He doesn't have a racing background. So we took it very easy. We set up the ramp like 35 feet or so. And not, you know, like if you go any slower than that to hit the ramp, your bike will tip over. Yeah. You know, like you basically coast till the end of the ramp. And even if you backside the airbag, you're fine because, you know, you go so slow, it doesn't do anything. Right. And Javi's like, you know what? I want to give it a shot to this. And they started riding, did it. And within a month, Javi just like he's riding. His tricks blew up. Like he started yeah. learning two to three tricks every day, to the point that I was like stressing out. So I do. You better start stop and start mastering whatever tricks you have before you keep learning more. Because if not, like, let me tell you by experience, when you try to learn all of the tricks right off the bat, you ended up crashing, and you know things go wrong, and you ended up wasting months on recovery instead of improving. You end up doing a cliffhanger and not even touching your feet to your handlebars and just. Or, you know, <laughs> doing a C grab and not driving your seat and, you know, bailing off your bike, you know, stuff like that. So we, we slow down and he focused on the tricks he has. He's still learning a bunch of tricks, but like he's focusing a lot on the tricks he does. And he's actually doing a couple of tricks that I can do. And every time I see him do those tricks, it just freaks me out. Well, he's definitely, I do remember... I think it's something with you guys, because I do remember the first week we met and rode, you were just like clicking tricks off like mad. And I'm like, dude, I need to just try and keep up here. So that's what I started just <laughs> learning a bunch of extra stuff, because I'm like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, I'm well, going... that's how I feel right now, dude. That's how I feel right now. It's like, dude, I better freaking just like, it's been my motivation to ride with, with Javi and, and these other two kids that I'm coaching because they're learning stuff. And so like, dude, my motivation is to not let them catch up to me. Yeah. So when they learn a new trick, I push to learn another trick. And uh, we did a show uh, in November and that was Javi's first FMX show. And he freaking killed it. He was doing all of his tricks like, like nothing. And uh, from that, uh, Ben, my youngest, was like, I would like to do that again. And Javi hasn't, uh, Ben hasn't touched a bike in, I want to say about four years, at least four years. Uh -huh. So, and the last time he touched a bike, I noticed he didn't even know how to jump anymore. Uh -huh. like, he, so I'm like, dude, we're going to have to take it easy. So we build a little, like, little tabletop where he can learn how to, you know, take off, control the bike in the air. Uh, first day, he just did that. Uh, second day, he hit his first ramp. And on the third day, he was jumping to the airbag. He's still in a small gap. He's doing like 35 feet only. But, uh, dude, I mean, he's rode like a handful of times. And before that, it's been four years before touching the bike. And he started doing little no-footers and one-handers. What and is he, he on? A 80? Use... He's on a, yeah, on a super mini at a okay. 105. 
that's Javi's old bike and and basically just I'm letting him ride that bike, which is he has a lot more control of that thing. He touches the ground before he can actually go to a big bike and start working on on FMX. I just want him to take it easy. I yeah. have no pressure for him, either for either of them, but like they pressure themselves into stuff that I wish they didn't. Yeah, but you can relate to that, I'm sure. I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know I did that <laughs> to my parents, and 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 something that my wife always tells me, like. You guys are the same. Like every time Javi learns a new trick, as I do, you're killing out. They say, "Oh yeah, but my extension's not quite there. Like I'm not holding the trick. I'm not doing this or that." And that's exactly how I sound every time I learn a new trick. And even after I'm doing the tricks for for about a year, I still talk down on my tricks because I see the details that other people don't see. But you have to. That's what's made you what what you are, and me not what you are. Because I was like, <laughs> we learn shit and be like, okay, I can do that. And I'm like, it kind of sucks, but that's, <laughs> I guess, how I do it, you know? And, but you and even a Brody, Brody's the same way. He'd always be, I'm like, he'd be working on stuff. I'm like, you're done, dude. Just chill out. Like, you've already done it. And he's like, it could be better. And I'm like, okay. And I feel the same way with you. Like, you're like, I can get that better. And I'm like, I'm not sure that you can. I'm not sure that you're right on this one, but okay. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's basically how it goes with him. And so I don't, I don't tell him anything. I don't, I don't want to interfere with his process. Right. I would hate when people would tell me, no, dude, you can't improve it. Like, you shut up. Like, yeah. that's why you are what you are. And I'm going where I'm going exactly no disrespect and, but i think that he has i mean i know he has a huge advantage over you just because of and i know that your dad rode but your dad did not ride at the level that you ride at and i think that i don't know if, if you got it from him or not but you have always been very like you said like don't tell me what i can or can't do like you've always been like that but now with your level of dealing with people trying to play head games with you and having to be mentally strong and go to events and just like put it down no matter what, I think that obviously you're going to give him a huge head start from where you even had. And even the connections that you have as far as shows and stuff like that. I mean, I've been trying to, I mean, I'm not really trying to get him into shows. Like if shows happens, good, because he's going to college. He wants to be a pilot, like an airplane pilot. Awesome. And I think that's a very good career. And Ben is going the same way. So I'm not pushing the show thing. It's like, if it happens, yeah, do it. Get it over your system. Focus on your career. If FMX becomes his career, cool. I don't see much of FMX going over the years. You know, it's going to, I feel it's going to decrease. It's going to pick up again eventually. Like, you know, every actual sport uh, does. Like, they go through waves. Right. I have that hope. Mostly for my career. Not for his career, for my <laughs> career. But uh, I'm letting him focus on his stuff. If shows happen, cool. I'm not trying to push it. Uh, I'm not searching for shows for him. If someone hits me up, say, hey, I need a non-sobriter, yeah, I'll, I'll throw him into the mix. Uh, I'd rather be there when he does shows and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, it's mostly I'm trying to do, we're trying to do our, our thing like uh, with the action village slowly building it into like a, a concept of shows bmx and fmx going on together uh, maybe some live music uh now we all play an instrument Javi's learned to play the drums after he played bass guitar and guitar uh ben is to learn to play the bass guitar we we can set up a whole show 
So you guys are like the Partridge family. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 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 Like, we can do, like, you'll never know what we can do. You're the South American Partridge family. (laughs) We'll we'll find something to do, but... uh, it's we're slowly working into that, uh, but I much rather than focusing on their college careers and hopefully they will become great pilots. And uh, like he might end up doing one of those Red Bull races. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully they don't, but who knows? Yeah, that you were like trying to keep. You're like, oh, good, go be a pilot, and then they're like doing even crazier shit than riding FMX, like <laughs> racing through freaking <laughs> cities or something. You're like, shit, that did not go the yeah. way I thought it was gonna go. Yeah, I, I feel like any path they choose is going to end up like that. So I don't know. They might be, you know, they, they go to college to be a canon and they ended up being extremely canons on a slack line <laughs> in between two buildings. I don't know. Something yeah. like that's going to happen. I think that that's their path and that's their destiny. And, and I didn't want to set them like that, but that's how it happened. They, they need that adrenaline now. Dude. Like, it's crazy. It, it pisses me off, but I was doing the same thing. Well... You got to be happy that they are at least doing active things versus being like, you know, I mean, I guess if you are good enough to play video games for a living, there is that. But like a lot of people are just sitting on their computers. So at least your kids are actively like pursuing something and doing something that happens to be pretty cool. I mean, I'm biased, obviously, because I like dirt bikes, but, uh, you know. Um, I think in any event, and this is even with any sport, you just learn stuff about yourself, about losing, whatever. So, I mean, I think in any event, it's still a good, you know, learning process for them. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I always liked about them. When they race motocross, they race BMX for a little bit. Uh, They did the BMX, they still do the BMX freestyle. It's like, yeah, the process, like, they learn to, like, yeah, you're going to go down as in life. You're going to go down. You just got to stand up and try again. Like, you only lose when you stop trying. And, uh, you know, the the hard part is I know the dark part of FMX, like, how painful it gets, how frustrating it gets, how much things go, how many demons you get to fight to keep on going and pushing. And then you become addicted to that to the point that if you're not pushing yourself, you get depressed. Yeah, at least at the level that that I've been doing this for years, and uh, it's it's dude, it's a dark path. And if I if I could keep them away from that, I would. But it I feel like it's already too late. They already started, and all I can do is just support them and just guide them to the best way. Like this is the best uh, way to go through this. This is how you approach a new trick. This is how you approach an injury. This is how you approach. Uh, pushing yourself to your limit and you gotta also remember that resting is important part of training it's not just like grinding every day until you're worth nothing and you can barely move out of your bed which has been my thing lately i've been working pretty hard to try you know turn 40 trying to stay in shape and it gets hard as i did i don't get it. i used to work out five times a week breaking for an hour and a half and now i can barely do three times a week and on friday i'm worthless i need to like take a nap yeah, you need naps now. <laughs> yeah, what the hell is that? Like, I would laugh at my dad taking naps, and all of a sudden it's like, dude, I just wasted an hour of my afternoon sleeping. What's going on with that? You didn't. You recovered. They also say yeah, like that you, you need to, like, if you work out, 
um, or especially if you learn something, you're supposed to, or you need to rest the same amount of time that you were spent, spent learning. So that way your body can like process and absorb it. So I just like to rest after everything. Man, I'm just, I'm going to be sleeping a lot now. <laughs> now that you learn that I'm just sleeping a lot because yeah. I've been trying to learn a lot of stuff. Like I, I'm, I've been trying to hit, keep my body and brain active. I've been trying to like learn to play guitar properly, like with technique, like learn stuff. Like it has to be things that I like because when I try to learn random stuff, they, they don't just don't stick. Yeah. But I you don't like, care. That... I think they call yeah. that ADD, but I think we just don't care about certain things. And that's why you don't <laughs> <Exactly>. remember. <laughs> I, I've been like doing that. And then when I work out, I try to do everything with technique. And then when I write, I make sure like, dude, I, I've been dissecting basically everything I do so I can learn the process. I got to, because I've been coaching these kids, I've been trying to do a lot of that. And I keep telling them like, dude, there's a difference, difference between doing tricks and knowing tricks. Most people just do tricks. Yeah. They you know they just go and throw them. Like knowing a trick is the, the ability of going to any jump and doing it on any jump. Yeah. Like this people that need like specific circumstances to do that, they do tricks. Like well, how about flips? You know, going to different ramps and stuff like that. Flips were the ultimate test of that, right? Because back in the day, people would learn to flip at a spot. And then just ride there. And then once they went someplace else, they'd crash because it was just like the run-in was the same. The ramp was the same. Like, so they just got in the rhythm of doing it exactly the same and not like actually knowing the trick that well. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was doing flips. And we all went through that. Like we could go on the same ramp and do it and barely just like lean back and line on your wheels that was doing a that was knowing how to do a flip but now knowing how to do a flip requires like this is exactly what i need this i'm going to control my rotation in yeah. the air this i'm going to land on my front wheel and stuff like that and then adding some tricks to the mix and uh i think that's very important like to learn how how to do your tricks is as important as just like breaking the barrier of doing your tricks yes for sure yeah like just f getting it doing it and getting past that but then making it you know like like you said common where it's just muscle memory and uh you're basically dealing with the nuances of did you under pull or over pull or stuff like that yeah and i went through that this last couple of years when they brought the the next gen ramp to nitro circus because it gives you a different arch like on flying so like all my regular tricks went to the dumpster after that like i couldn't do any regular tricks of that could flip no problem and, and do most of my flip tricks of that because you know it would flip easier but my is, regular is tricks wouldn't work because of the bike would fly different is it steeper than a regular a traditional ramp or is it just taller um i would say it's just a little bit steeper it's, it's something in between a super kicker and a regular ramp but okay. it's also longer and taller yep so it gives you a different, like you fly higher, like it, it but like let go tricks are really hard for me on that ramp because of, I don't, I wasn't used to when the bike was going to start dropping. So I didn't know when to let go and grab again. And like bar tricks are hard. Well, bar tricks are, had always been, oh, damn. I dropped my airpods. Uh, bar tricks has always, have always been a challenge for me uh, because like, 
injuries and size and chunkiness and all that. So figuring them out on that ramp was a little bit hard and I'm just getting them. And so when the tour was over, I came back and I've been working on my bar tricks very hard on the regular ramp just to learn what's different, what I got to do. And it turns out it's not only what I do on the bike, it's what I do at home, which is like eating healthier and working out better so my belly doesn't get in the way of my pants when I get my, my knees close to my face. Back in the day, I started, I stopped eating uh, like processed sugar at one point and I lost like 15 pounds in probably like a month or two. And all of a sudden, my suspension was so much better, and my bike was so much faster. It was awesome. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, dude, this is... Brr. I was like, this is great, dude. I can get over this easy. Yeah, for me, it's bar trick. Like, normally, like I drag my toes and heels over the... I have to remove my bar pad, because if not, I won't go through. And I still drag my toes and heels over the, you know, the, the handlebars. And then, yeah, I did that. I start controlling why I eat, uh, what I'm eating, like how I eat it. Like I do longer fasting and stuff like that. And then working out and I do a lot of like core exercises, like holding weight between my legs or my feet. And then I take a couple of weeks of riding and then I go and freaking, I do a bar hop and almost sit on the fence. Like, what the hell happened? Like I was not, it scares me. Like with the ease, I go over the bars and it was just like small changes in my, in my everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think that we probably, throughout life, it's that's what it is, right? It's just a bunch of little little changes that add up to, um, you know, the big things. Just I mean, like it's funny because we have we have this conversation with some of my friends here that come hang out. I said, dude, I would love to be like you, like you're forty and you're still like hanging out with your kids, riding bicycles and doing this. You guys go on hikes and stuff like that. And then they try to do it once, and then they spend the next the next week or so barely able to walk. Like, yeah. dude, you cannot expect to like one day flip the switch. You got to do small changes. I've been doing small changes for the last ten years. Like, I've been adding them up to the point like doing like eighteen, twenty hour fasts are not really a challenge for me anymore because I've been doing it slowly, yeah. like in small, you know, increases. Like, I started doing twelve, then I went to thirteen and fourteen. And I would go a couple of weeks doing that. I didn't just like one day say, you know what? I'll just go a whole day without eating. Like, take it easy. But I think that you and I on a, on a different level understand one starting from a very small, you know, like, um, like basically just being hurt. You've been hurt a lot. I've been hurt a lot. And therefore you understand the, um, like that you have to sometimes when you come back from an injury, you can't do almost anything like your range of motion is gone. The strength is gone. It's painful, yada, yada. And then you basically the muscles don't work. The muscles don't work. You don't have range of motion. Like, and then even with some injuries, you get some nerve damage. So then you got to kind of like retrain the, you know, muscles, to even your brain and the muscles to like yeah. work correctly again, which I think a lot of people don't really deal with that ever. Um, and I know that, you know, it's just hard when you come back from an injury, like my, the one time I did my femur or no, actually my leg, um, I got the infection. And then when I started to work out, literally I, I picked up the kettlebell and I swung it for a couple minutes 
And within four minutes, I thought I was going to friggin' pass out, dude. And I'm like, okay. So then I was like, I guess we're just going to like carry the kettlebell around for a bit. And that was literally how I started was like, okay, I'm just going to hold the kettlebell for five minutes. And then it was like 10 minutes. And then I started doing some little stuff it with is it. It's so frustrating. So frustrating. I did like, I was able to freaking like throw the thing like 100 feet away. <laughs> exactly. And, and that, now I can barely pick it up. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people get hurt and then they're just like, oh, this is life now, you know, and I never wanted to, I was like, this is bullshit. I got to be able to, to get back to where, you know, I can run and work out and ride and bicycle or whatever and have an active life. And that's what I'm going through right now with my workouts because, well, we went on tour for about a month in Nitro and sleep schedule goes to crap diet goes to crap uh everything gets thrown you know out of the board and you're like i go back from that and i try to go back exactly what i was doing but for a month i wasn't doing it and i'm like dude i can't do it anymore what's going to also like i do feel like now that i'm over 40 things uh fade away faster than they did before like if i don't keep on a routine things are just like go way quicker than before so i'm like into the spot that I'm depleted of energy after a week of workout and riding with the kids. And I'm like, should I just like go back and take it easy or just like keep on pushing at this level for, for a couple of weeks, keep pushing at the same level until I break through this barrier or, or this is it. Like I, I'm still divided. I'm just like on the pushing process, except like I have a show this weekend in Costa Rica. I will be traveling overseas, jet lag and all that. So I decided to slow down on the workout. And I'll let the muscle rebuild because for the last two months, I've just been kicking my own ass as hard as I can. I've been sore every Friday through Sunday. Uh, well, and also working out, and you do a lot of big compound motions, which is hard on your central nervous system, which also needs a break sometimes. You know, like some days I'll work out, I'll just do like, like if I'm tired, I'll just do like smaller muscles, just like arms. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And not do like anything big, like where I include my legs and my core and stuff, because that's real hard on your central nervous system. So I think there's 100% a fine line of just realizing how tired you feel, you know, versus am I just being a bitch? I have a picture pulled yeah. up here of <laughs> Javier doing a no-footed can with his left hand off, which is way gnarlier than doing it the other way. Disco can. Let me... Let let me see what picture. Um, I can't see it. I know that. It's a, it's a picture of him doing a no-footed can, and he's got his same side hand off. It's in a stack oh, of yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, okay, it's, it's an old one? Yeah. It's not the one I posted today, yeah. No. Yeah, no, that, when he started doing that, I was like, dude, that's gnarly. Like, Those are scarier. It looks so comfortable. <laughs> dude, I went and tried them because when he started doing this, I did. I can't let my kids show me up. And then I went and my hand went like this on the bars. So you know what? That, that's cool. I, th I think, yeah, we didn't, need, we didn't need to go back to that. So back in I the... I did my fair, my, my, my fair share of scary tricks in, in the day. I didn't need to go back to that. Yeah. It's weird just because you're off to the side. So back in the day, I forget who it was. It might have been um, TJ Lavin or like, uh, I think it was somebody like that. They would do no footed can, no hander and just stand straight next to the bike. And they'll put their arm, like, down next to their side. And I did, like, a couple of those back in the day. But I was like, you're, like, 
I don't know. I like doing the disco can, so opposite hand off. So then you're still kind of like like Mets did. So then you're at least like over yeah. top of your motorcycle. Yeah, no, 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 I I tried. I've been trying to get back those old tricks. So that I also have firm believer that once you go back to the basics, sometimes you figure out things about newer tricks. And so, oh man, I could do this, and they'll help help the slow tricks. So I started working on those. And I did it for a little bit, but I was not able to get to Javi's level on that thing. He's been kicking my butt. He's going to scare himself one day and he'll just stop doing that trick completely is what's going to happen. So don't worry about it. (laughs) Dude, he's gnarly. His his rock solid, his feet are up super high. Huge, dude. Huge. He's not happy though because he said he's not holding it enough. And this is not this is not before this is before he started doing look back double grabs because I did see some recent ones yeah. where he's full on just head tucked through his shoulders. Yeah, he's doing he's doing those look back helicopters. I've never done that trick in my life. I, I don't I don't I can't connect both. <clears throat> like a double or a regular like a helicopter. Like double grab look back. Oh, okay, but in, in the, the in there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I never. I've looked back on yeah. like three double grabs ever. <laughs> Just regular. It's not ones. a comfortable trick. It's not a comfortable trick. I'm like, I'm not gonna make it through my arms here with my head. <laughs> well, yeah, dude. It's like, why I'm not looking at my handlebars? I need to know where my handlebars are situated right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I I need. To, I was thinking about how um the village the action village came to be a little bit. And I was thinking about that sketch that we made. I need to find that sketch. Oh, oh yeah. It's still on my YouTube channel, my old YouTube channel, the, the, the village brothers, right? Uh, yeah. Where basically, so the whole premise was Javier and I were talking about how he doesn't get hired cause he's not American enough. So then we're like, we need to, we need to rename you. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that, that the truth? That was the whole con- that was the whole basis of all of us. Uh, we're like, he, you, if you were American, you'd get way more shows, dude. So I'm like, you just need to change your name to like the Vi- John Village. So that's where yeah. I started calling him John Village, and then we did a whole sketch about um, I was your manager, you and um, Gabriel's manager, and we changed your guy's name to the Village yeah, Brothers. We, we made a a mock up of that uh, some forty one video clip from like two thousand two or something that I'm still waiting. We actually even use the same song for the clip, but it comes even for further back from that when uh, we just started doing shows together, and I would show up and you would tell everyone it was like the the Village people's here because you know <laughs> me and my brother. Or the Viegas, and no one could say my last name. Oh, yeah. so you would tell the word the village people for like at least a whole year, 2006 or seven, on the old AFMAs. And we just stick to it. Yeah. Now it's a whole, it's on ramps. Yeah. Now when I start making money, I need to send you a cut. Oh, shit. I'm hoping Javier makes money. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed, dude. Like, and, and going back to that thing about not being American and not getting sponsored shows. Like, um, dude, I've been watching like the people that stay behind in the countries because I help so many people from South America to make it here in the United States. And I mean, I know Rudy Waller was the first uh, freestyle rider from Latin America to make it big, but I feel like I he built the road, but I felt like I paved the road for them. And yes. with you know doing that. Uh, 
all the um, IFMAs, like being world champions, Red Bull fighters, and all that. That to the point that uh, FMX became like a something cool in Latin America, you know, to a certain degree. And I left all that behind, chasing my dream. But everyone that stayed behind, they're not all sponsored by all these big companies because, you know, they're like the biggest thing on their countries. Yeah. Even in Chile, we got Chino getting sponsored by energy drinks and, and motorcycle brands because, you know, he's the best one down there. Yep. And I'm here in the limbo. My country won't sponsor me because I'm not there. And people from this country won't sponsor me because I'm not, I'm from, not from here. here. <laughs> I, I get the best of both worlds yeah dude i agree with that it is frustrating it, it gets frustrating but uh i mean it is what it is um i i gotta remember every now and then that i never did this for the money i never started doing this for the money i did it for the challenge and god damn it been a freaking challenge <laughs> to make it happen. <laughs> yeah i mean it is rewarding yeah that's it is frustrating though you know like it would be nice to have some repayment for the amount of hard work that you put in and i would go this one further and i love rudy and rudy's awesome and he was definitely one of the first one to break out but you took it not only to another level of riding but even professionalism because i remember dealing with you and you were always very like I don't want to say rigid, that's the mind that the word that came to mind, but you were just very like deliberate about stuff. And I think that discipline, discipline, yeah. And even, but even on working with promoters and stuff, you were way more like, I mean, I guess it still is just discipline, but that's probably what I'm trying to say. You brought it to that next level. You know, it's like everybody before Ricky was partying, Ricky Carmichael, and then he started to train and take it serious. And I think it was probably the same way a little bit with a lot of riders but and also South American riders. You know, they were just trying to do it. And I think you really just tried to map out a, a plan and um, just be very focused and... Uh, achieve a lot of things which i i think that you did i think you've had an amazing career um you know and done a lot of really awesome events and done well at everything no i really needed that thank you quinn then <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean i didn't notice one of the things that that made a difference difference between me and the other south american writers i never gave myself the option of failing like i said i noticed like most of these guys as soon as they see like oh i don't know i did freaking united states it's hard to make it as a latin american writer i'm going back home i never gave myself that that option it's like i'm not going back home i'm staying here i'm making it happen and then both my kids started making their own lives here it's like even if i wanted to come back i can't anymore yeah. their lives are here so I mean, I think that's the secret of success per se. Like, you either make it or you die on it. Yeah, not having any other options, I guess. Yeah, I said that a long time ago too. I'm like, you. It's hard to beat somebody that just doesn't quit. It's like if you just never yeah. go away. <laughs> it's. <laughs> well, I'm still here, still trying to make it happen. Now, my I'm fighting another fight, which is to try to. You know, I'm not trying to be the best anymore. I'm just trying to keep my level. Yeah. 
from fading. It's like I'm trying to like extend my youth, I guess. You know, try to think I'm still 25, 30. <laughs> I get Which yeah. I wake up feeling like that, thinking like that until I step off bed and my knees and lower back hurts. I, oh, yeah, I'm not 30 anymore. <laughs> But you're in a lot of better, like, that's the thing. When I was young, everybody's like, wait until you're 30. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, name me somebody that's old that's not bitching about how they feel anyway. <laughs> like, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I haven't touched out. Yeah, I haven't done anything. Like, no, no yeah. sport whatsoever, no, nothing that's demanding. They're still limping. They're still, dude. So one of these friends uh, that we have, they're from Chile. They live close to my house. Uh, we hang out pretty often. We were talking about this, about how, like, this sport is, like, so, uh, it punishes your body so hard. So you got to basically force yourself to be in constant pain at the gym. So the regular pain fades away behind that, right? Yeah. And we're talking about that, how, like, when it's always been, like, wait until you're 25, wait until you're 30, wait until you're 40, wait until you're 50. So yeah. I've been waiting for a long time. I've been in so much pain for this it just faded away. Like, I'm used to it already. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to get that much worse. But, like, these friends just were talking about this. She stands up from the table that we're having dinner at, and she's walking with her hand on her lower back. It's like, what have you done with your life? And you're, like, in worse shape than me. Like, yeah. don't talk to me about, like, it's going to suck because it sucks already. You just get used to it. That's how I feel. I feel like we're better off because we've just acclimated to suck. So now it's like, <laughs> if you feel just all right, you're like, this is sick. Yeah, like, oh, would you wake up one day with no pain? That's a miracle. That's, <laughs> a, you know, a gift from the heavens. Like, enjoy it. Yeah, for I sure. I have one of those, though, but I know, I know how it is. I know. Bethany's like, does your wrist hurt? And I'm like, every day since 2002, <laughs> like every single day. <laughs> I do this, like every now and then. I'm like... I go like that until it pops. It's like, oh, injury? It's like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Um, so yeah. what do you guys, uh, I have you, do you have any more stuff booked for um, 2024 yet? Uh, no, not really. Um, well, I have this show with Nigel Circus in Costa Rica. Uh, then I'm just like winging it. I'm... I'm very relaxed about it. I'm, I'm just like, since I switch my mentality of like, I'm not doing this for the money. Like I switch my mentality for like, I don't do this for money. I get paid to do it. You know, like that's the, 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 the switch I, 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 I did in my mind. I, I was just like, I don't, I grab whatever show I can grab and just make the best of it. I have fun. Uh, we had this conversation before I do the same trick, whether it's for natural circuits or, X Games or for your local fairgrounds is like everyone just served me at my best. Yeah, that's a good story. I like that one. I'll tell everybody. When we're at some tiny little show, I hired Javier yeah. to come to this thing, and he's like making me look like a shit, like just doing all these tricks. <laughs> and I'm like, there's like literally 700 people there, and I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And he goes, well, he goes. It's somebody's first time seeing me out there, and I always I want them to see my best. And I was like, God bless you, Javier, because I'm doing minimum amount of shit. Here. But again, this is why you are riding what you're riding, and this is why I rode what I rode. 
you know, and I think there's a lot of very small nuances that add up to just a, a, the way of, and I'm realizing, I'm learning still as I get older and I'm learning a lot of these things, but it's just like very small nuances towards all this stuff and being like that, forcing yourself to ride at your highest level, no matter what the setup is. And let me tell you, a lot of times the setups are not the greatest. I, I would, my riding would degradate through the ramp to ramp series by the end of the series i was worse because i was like i was like every week the setup sucks and i'm afraid to do these certain tricks so i just didn't do them you know so then by the end i was four tricks less than i had at the beginning of the tour but javier was never like that no matter what if there was if we were doing a demo in the cold for uh, 20 people or whatever he's still throwing down as hard as he can so i mean that that's another reason i respect uh, not only your riding, but just you as a person. Cause like I said, you've just been very like focused and driven and you know, like this is what I do and I'm going to be the best at it that I can be. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been real fun to watch you, um, progress and handle all those things. Like whenever we're at, <clears throat> I know riding events is scary and I would always like, I, helped I was mechanic for you at a lot of events um across the world and I was always I was never worried that you couldn't handle it I I was never like I was it was always comforting to me like when or like if I hired you for a show like I was never worried about the other guy I was never worried about you you know like no matter <laughs> what the scenario was um well and, and that was one of the things I learned over the years like his when all the paychecks start, like you know, they start cutting all the, all the money for the shows, and you know, you there was a time I was doing like ten grand per show, and then I'm doing five, and then I'm doing three and two, and and you you start getting frustrated. So I did like the risk is more than before. Yeah, like I'm doing bigger tricks, I'm getting paid less, and then I, I went into that like you you're not gonna pay me what I want. I'll ride I ride at a lower level, and I noticed when I when I suffocated my writing I actually was putting myself on a bigger risk because mm. I needed to be at my best of my abilities to write good like to have perfect landings I have so many close calls and crashes because I wasn't pushing my writing because I was like writing man I would barely come back to the bike or case the ram because I was I was having my head thinking on like you're not getting the best of me so when I we went into COVID and I went a whole year without doing any shows and missing it. The first time I got the chance to do it again, I was like, never again. I'm not doing this for the money. The money's not worth the risk I'm putting my, it doesn't matter whether it's 10, 20, a hundred grand, the risk I put myself through, it's not worth the pain I go through when I go down. Yeah. So I was like, what is worth the, the risk and the pain and everything is how much fun I'm having on my bike. And when I did that switch, my riding got a lot more controllable and and the risk of accidents diminished a lot because I was riding at the best of my abilities every time. Would you not agree, though? It's like, uh, you know, going one more jump is always a bad idea. And always. I, I think it's because <clears throat> you've let your guard down. You know, like, and I think it's the same way with riding at either your highest level versus riding at a lower level where you're like oh well, i'm just doing these tricks so you're not exactly. as yeah. hyper focused you're not and sharp. like yeah, yeah exactly you're not sharp. 
you're kind of being lazy with it because you're like, oh, I'll just do a seat grab, whatever. And then you don't get back fast enough and then you end up missing your bar. And then guess what? You crashed as hard as you would have if you did a tsunami flip. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. And and, and that got me to a point that when we went back from COVID, I started riding again. Um, I changed that and I made sure that every time I rode my bike, because that gave me a taste of like, this ride could be your last ride. You never know when it's going to be the last time you ride. And I want the last time I ride to be memorable. I wanted to like, dude, the last time I was on my bike, I, I did the best things I could do. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah, I'm done riding, but it was that last ride was the best. I got to a point that even with little access to tools and, and little training, I still went and tried to double flip. It didn't work as good as I thought it was going to work, but I gave it a shot bounce off my face like six feet off the airbag luckily an airbag yeah but i i gave it a shot dude and i don't regret it one bit well that's all that matters right is i guess the the meaning of this whole conversation is that you need to do something that you really love and is meaningful for you to do because that's ultimately all that matters right is being fulfilled and enjoying what you know this is like your art right we call artists artists but we don't call you guys artists but you 100 percent are your style is different than other people and this is what makes you feel you know alive and what you like to put your your time and energy into and I mean, I would even say at the end of my career, it was not I was not enjoying it because I was no longer progressing and I was doing tricks I'd done for a long time. And it was just not fulfilling to me anymore because I'm like, the point of all this is to be progressing and like trying to better yourself. And once I got to a point where I was no longer doing that and it became a job, it just wasn't as fun, you know? Yeah, exactly. Was, yeah, I went through that too and. I was writing for the money, it became a job. And now and now was I was like, dude, what's the point of learning new tricks if I'm not gonna get more money? And I yeah. heard that from so many writers. What they told me like professional like top athletes, like ex and medalists keep telling me, like, dude, why do you keep learning new tricks? It's, and I'm like, this is the only way I can live. Like I need to see how far I can make it. Like I I thought that that was as far as I can make it before COVID, but then uh, this new ramps came. I had access to some tools here and there, and I noticed like as soon as I have tools, I can keep improving. Yeah. And now, dude, like I've been pushing hard every day to the point that even Javi questioned the things I was doing. Like you know, my home son's like, "Do you think it's smart of you to be?" Because I was trying to do rock solid on our practice setup. Yep. So like, do you think this is a rock right solid to do flip? It? Like, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Not and, just a regular like, rock solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, rock solid flip, yeah, and uh, and and he's like, you you sure this is the right spot to do it? And I like, I just want to know if I can do it. It's like, I mean, it's not this is not has nothing to do with. I want to do rock solid flips on shows. If I get to do it at seventy five, I probably will anyways. I just want to know if I can do it. I've done it off the Levi ramp or the next gen ramp. I've done I've done it off the Moon Booter, and. This is like the next challenge. I want to see if I can do it off a regular 75 foot ramp. And, uh, you know, 
that's where we are right now. And that's what keep pushing me. Like, I want to go back and practice some more because I want to see if I can do it again, if I can do it bigger, if I can control it, if I can do it without thinking about it. Because right now I'm in the spot that I have to think, okay, step one, pull hard. Step two, both hands on the seat. Step three, let go. You know, yeah. I want to go through like one motion. And it's got to be way faster off of a regular ramp, correct? Than the next gen yeah. ramp. Way faster, like on the next gen, on, on the on the moon booter, I don't even think about flipping because the bike flips itself. Like, mm. As soon as you're not standard on the bike, the bike will flip. So I'll, I'm only thinking, of, okay, double grab, solid grab, let go, done. Yeah. On the leeway ramp, so I can make sure the pull is right, the timing on the pull is right. I have time to set myself, let go. Yep. And on the uh, on the regular ramp, it's like, like ah. <laughs> yes, that's how it goes. That's how, it, and and nothing gets recorded on my brain. Like it happens so fast. Yeah. So that's something people. So that's right. That's something people don't realize. Like eventually, you it becomes normal, and now you can process it. And then doing the other thing, like taking your hands off, becomes feasible. You know, but. It's like now your brain has to work so fast. I had a hard time. I can't remember, but there was a couple of tricks where I'm like, my brain cannot break down what's happening fast enough for me to do it in the air before I land on the other side. I'm like, I don't know how you guys are doing all that, but my brain's not working that fast. It's not going to happen. When my first, my whole first month when I learned to flip, I was like, heading to the ramp, landing. What yeah. happened in between? I have no idea. Dude. My first one, I did that. I pulled and literally blacked out and was just like, I like woke back up right before I landed. And I was like, I made it. But I didn't. But it, it's, that, that's the thing. It's not like this. Uh, there's a couple seconds of blackness and landing. No, there's nothing. It's yeah. right landing. <laughs> there's absolutely nothing in between. For about, It went for about a month like that. Yeah. Then it was like ramp blower landing. Yeah. It, it takes a little bit before you're like, okay, take off. There's the ramp. Here's the landing. Oh, I could get my hands up. Yeah, it, it's it's a process. It's but a process. I think that's just like I think that part. I'm I'm sure some of it is learning to that what you're doing and break and slowing it down. I think a lot of it is adrenaline dump, like that. You know, yeah. you go at the ramp, you're like, yeah. oh, and then when you pull, you just fucking black out from <laughs> adrenaline or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, people yeah, wish they like, could doesn't go, get that yeah, much I guess it doesn't go through the through the temporal lobe so it doesn't like there's no time register on that it goes like into the to just your spine yeah so it doesn't get into your brain it's just massive Action. dump of adrenaline through your <laughs> overdose yeah it's, it's pretty crazy so that, that's my spot on the rock solid flips now on, on the regular ramp I was like okay make sure you pull hard and I pull hard and I'm on landing it's like god damn it I don't know what happened. You got to pull and harder, like a couple. obviously, because getting yourself back, like, you slow it down. It's, so here's the thing. Like, for double grab flips, I do have to pull very hard because uh, when I get the extension on the double grab, it slows mm. down my rotation big time, and I normally land per front heavy. When you do rough solid flips, you give yourself a little yank. It gets you closer to the center of gravity, so the rotation speeds up a little bit. And if you pull too hard, the bike gets away from you because mm. it rotates faster than you. So it's you gotta find the spot. But I'm Yikes. still to the point like, if I 
don't pull hard for the rock solid flip and I don't commit for the rock solid flip, I'll land really front heavy. Mm. So I'm still pulling very hard. Wow. Yeah, that's what my issue was with flip tricks. I was like, there is too much going on now for me to try to so much going on. figure out what so the hell. Because then it's like something you got to pull harder. Some things you got to pull less. The only thing, the only like real And then trick, you pull hard and you don't commit. Exactly. You your ass. <laughs> or you pull lo- soft and then you don't do whatever it is, like a lazy boy or something. Yeah. I did yeah. sit down a little bit in flips and that was the one I liked the most. Um, because you didn't really have to pull that hard. It was like kind of similar pull, and then you sat down. Dude, and that's scary too. Like, you know, not commit to the pull. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Because if you don't go for the trick, you're under-rotating very hard, and there's no way to come back from that. Yeah. I think the whole thing is commitment and being like, all right, we're going... I I think that's one of the things about, like, freestyle and maybe action sports in general. Definitely freestyle because consequences are so hard, you know, like, so gnarly if you mess up. But it's, like, teaches you to be, like, set in what you're going to do. You know what I mean? You can't half-ass, especially going for something that gnarly. You got to be like, we are doing this, and it's going to work out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and, and that's one of the things i've been teaching this kids of coach and javi and then like if you want to do a trick that trick has to be decided before you even face the ramp you can't be deciding what you're going to do as you're heading to the ramp because the way you say yourself for each trick is different yeah. like if you're thinking i'll do a bar hop and halfway through the wrong way saying you know what i'll do a cigarette instead you're going to be missing your bike for sure. I I'm, know that. I've done that. We've also watched a lot of people have a mind change halfway down the run-in and then end up, you know, not even making the gap or whatever. I've watched exactly. that as well. They're like, I was thinking about what I was going to do and I changed my mind. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no, the tricks decided, like, before you even face a ramp. That's when your decisions made, you don't change your mind at all. Yep. The only mind change you can do is, like, I won't do a trick. Yeah, 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 straight jump versus i agree and you better not decide that i've watched people decide they weren't going to flip too late as well (laughs) i've never done that one i never did that one fortunately for me for me it was like it was super windy we were riding that kind of chalk it was super windy side wind and i'm heading to the ramp and like the lower part of the of the run-up you couldn't feel the wind and once you went past the landings, you can feel the mm. wind right on the face of the ramp. So I'm already committed to the flip, and I get to the bottom of the ramp, and I feel a little bit of a sideways. So, oh, maybe I should flip. And, yeah, the bike already goes like that. Yeah. And it's gone. <laughs> Thinking about it now, I did bail out on some, but it was early enough where I was just, like, super, you know, <laughs> oh, like, sky wheelie and just, like, <laughs> landed, like, way nose high. <laughs> But not like enough where I got like actually, you know, into the flip or anything. Um, all right, we'll wrap this thing up. What uh is there anything you wanna any place you wanna send people to? Like uh yeah, I mean hell. My social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, mostly my teacher that told me I will never make it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone that told me natural career doesn't go fast twenty-five, suck it. <laughs> I'm still making it. Now, uh, just you know, check the social media, the Action Village, my social media. I do a lot of live streams on my practice if you guys want to watch and 
FMX show going on, you know, all the background. We talk a lot. Sometimes we even play guitar for the people watching. And we talk about stuff, so it's fun. Uh, it's not making me any money, but again, we're not doing this for the money. We're doing it because it's fun. I am doing this podcast for the money, people, so please subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll send them to Clint's podcast for yeah, <laughs> your money, to donations. So, you know, you got too much clothes if you're trying to make money on a podcast. When you have too when many you, clothes to sell? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. You have, you're, you're wearing too, too many clothes. Oh, yeah. Well, I was, I was going to say that when, earlier. Where are your feet? Where are your feet? When you kept going, I'm not doing this for the money. I don't ride for the money. I was, kept, there was no good opening, but I was going to like, he only does OnlyFans for the money and rides for enjoyment. No, no one cares about what I have to show in OnlyFans. <laughs> they, there is a furry pants fetish, I'm sure. <laughs> so just so you know javier and i are both hairy but javier's only hairy from the waist down and it just looks like he has furry pants on that's a like how does that happen i did no no like, well i trimmed it but lately i think we're like a next shape furry x it looks like a part of the x-men when, when when i'm shirtless that's good like, i'm just part of some mutant thing. I'm just mostly hair everywhere, so you guys can imagine. You look like you had a whole face suit. I got the furry pants. All right, the dogs say it's time to go. All right. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for watching, and uh, please <clears throat> follow Vern. Vern's very mad. Follow Javier, the Action Village, and JV Air X on Instagram. Rad.